Oh, like if we wanted to go to like a spooky place? Yeah. I feel like there's so many, but I don't know. I feel like I would want to go first, like to stay somewhere or to just see it. Both, I guess. To just see it, I feel like I would want to go to a jail cell. Like, or like those were kind of jails. No, I would want to go to like a jail, Orient jail. I would like to go to a jail just because I feel like that has the most. I was gonna say, I know there's a lot of fucked up things that happen in jails that like I can only imagine what the paranormal situations like or to that capacity, but to stay overnight somewhere. I feel like I would want to stay at, like, a house. Like, the Conjuring house or, like, the Sally house. Oh, that would be good. Just because I feel like hotel rooms, like the one we were talking about. What? We'll have to eventually talk about the Conjuring house. Oh, for sure. That would be crazy. Because, like, there's, well, first of all, obviously there's two movies about it. There's so much surrounding the Conjuring house. But, like, I feel like it's different staying at someone's house versus, like, a hotel room. Like, a hotel room is haunted because it was somebody that was visiting that place that something tragic happened to or, like, whatever the case is. But, like, I feel like with somebody's house, like, unless it's, like, a bed and breakfast that's haunted, (laughs) I would love to stay in a haunted bed and breakfast, but... I think there is one somewhere. Oh, I, I saw it. I saw it somewhere on social media. I think in, like, Savannah, Georgia, maybe? Savannah, I feel like, is also haunted, right? Just the city? (laughs) The city itself is haunted? Honestly, yeah. It's kind of like, I feel like it's kind of like St. Augustine, where anything in, like, anywhere in St. Augustine or anywhere in Savannah is going to be haunted. Yeah. Um, But, like... There, I know, like, the Travel Network or whatever has, like, a bunch of haunted bread and breakfasts that they have, like, let's look. I think they have, oh, the Lizzie Borden house. Oh, is that with, like, the Agnes murder? Yeah, the Lizzie something? Borden bread and breakfast is in Fall bread. River. <laughs> bread and breakfast. Is in Fall River, Massachusetts. Um, there's the Magnolia Mansion in New Orleans, okay. uh, the Red Garter Inn in William Arizona, like stuff like that would be cool. Um, but I feel like staying at someone's house is different because you're literally like in their lives almost like yeah. that's where they lived. That's where they existed. <laughs> I feel that. I think like it's funny too, cause after going like abroad and like going outside of the u.s the i feel like the opportunities for something like more haunted kind of like go like escalates a little bit more just because like the history of like other countries because like i guess this is like the age-old question too is like what like how old does something need to be for it to be haunted kind of thing yeah you know what i'm saying like because you never hear about like the home depot down the street you know (laughs) it's haunted (laughs) So, or, like, how old it has to be to be, like, haunted. Yeah, it seems like pretty much all, like, the old estates and all that are haunted. So, like, you know, it'd be kind of cool to go to, like, like, I know in Greece you have, like, Dabalisi's Cave, I think that's how you say it. And it's, like, pretty haunted, you know. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Booze and Bass Podcast. I'm your host, Jace, along here with Madison. 
And today we're going to be talking about the Zodiac Killer. So sit back, grab a drink, and let's get to it. So today we're going to be talking about the Zodiac Killer, um, who is a murderer from the late 1960s. Um, there's only five official murders that have been connected to the Zodiac Killer. Um, allegedly, there are um, discussions that he he himself claimed that he killed up to 37 people. Uh, law enforcement has never really been able to confirm that or deny it. They just know that about the five of them. So the Zodiac's whole shtick was that he liked to taunt law enforcement. He liked to taunt police. He would send them um, letters in code and he would call the police station and say, hey, I'm at X, Y, and Z street. And I am going to be here for the next, like, five minutes. You better come find me. And then when they would get there, there'd be no one there. Now, is this, like, this is unsolved still, right? Or is there, like, kind of... So, they... I will get into more detail, I guess, of who they think. They think that someone, as of recently, they didn't know who it was. So they kind of discovered this over the past like year or so. Okay. So it's recent. Yeah. But like the guy that they, um, his name is Gary Francis post. Um, okay. They don't know if like he's dead. He died in August of 2018. Um, so they're basically going off the assumption of like things. His family members have said they've sent in like, when he was getting prepared to die, like most of our grandparents' parents do, is they'll start giving away their stuff. Um, some of the weaponry, guns, um, knives, stuff like that, that he was giving away to his family members, um, a lot of them, like, turned it over to the police, and they kind of found similarities in the weapons that were used 40 or so years ago yeah, um, okay. to the ones now, or 40, 50 years ago. Um like, he was a pretty... Most of his family, from what I've read, don't really... They never really spoke to him because he kind of scared them. Like, he's ex-military, which that was another thing that kind of connected him to the murders. Is a lot of people described him as being between 5'8 to 5'10, curly brown hair, light brown hair. Um, but the sketches... In the sketches, he had very specific scars that match um, Gary Post. And... He, from witnesses and, like, the few survivors that they did have, um, he also said, or they also described that he would wear military-grade boots. Um, That, since this guy was ex-military, they figure, like, maybe he does have a little problem with authority. Maybe, like, 
that is why he went on a killing killing spree just because there's no there's no real evidence or any indication of like why he killed these people most of it is just that he could so he did um but this happened i don't know if i said in northern california near san francisco area like napa valley um he definitely had an issue with i don't like most people don't think like yes it was like an authority issue but it wasn't like he was like oh i'm taking down the government like yeah. this is how i'm doing it it was more so of like he could prove that he could that he could like outsmart the police and obviously this was 50 years ago they do not have any of the same the same technology and everything technology so to he's do taunting pretty much yeah yeah okay that he can like i'm sure if something like this happened now it would be caught oh, a lot a lot quicker than them there's like you know video footage everywhere now um obviously back then that was not really a thing so um, they think they have the guy but they don't know because he's dead now so they have no real like, it's like truth. the only things that they are kind of like that they kind of are like 99 percent sure that he did it was that like the notes that were uncoded um are i guess just the certain things he said and the way he worded them kind of alluded to who he was. Um, there were photos found in his dark room after he passed of like some of this, like some of similar photos to like crime scenes and stuff like that, that kind of matched um, and like locations that would put him kind of in that area where um, the murders took place. Um, like I said, the similar scars, um, him being ex-military and like his, I don't want to say uni uniform but he was usually described wearing like dark clothing and they're called i guess wing walkers they're military like jump boots mm-hmm. um I mean, he had it sounds like he did it 100 percent. but <laughs> yeah exactly like it does sound like he definitely is the i i think this is the closest they've gotten as far as a suspect just because a lot of the other like a lot of people have come forward and have said like speculation like oh, I'm the Zodiac Killer just for the, like, notoriety of it all. But, like, they don't actually know if that is the case or if, you know. Um, Whoever it was, though, like, when he would write the letters, he would try to make himself sound more intelligent than he was. Like, he would try to use bigger words and, like, phrasing, but he would misspell it. Okay. Um, So, like, one of his letters, um, which... I will put a disclaimer. Uh, this is going to mention kill, like murder. Um, so, um, one of his notes read, I like killing people because it is so much fun. It is more fun than killing wild game in the forest because man is the most dangerous animal of all. To kill something gives me the most thrilling experience. It is, and most of this I will quick disclaimer. None of there's, it's just a run on sentence. There's no like periods or anything. Um, most thrilling experience it is even better than getting your rocks off with a girl the best part of it is when i die i will be reborn in paradise and all the i have killed will become my slaves i will not give you my name because you will try to slow down or stop my collecting of slaves for my afterlife and then a um phrase of code that they couldn't decipher for a while um so a lot of his can we I, put the code 
we'll probably post the code on Instagram too. Yeah, we'll post the see. code on um, Instagram and some of the real letters. Um, but like another letter he wrote, I hope you're having lots of fun in trying to catch me. That wasn't me on the TV show, which brings up a point about me. I am not afraid of the gas chamber because it will send me to paradise all the sooner because I now have enough slaves to work for me where everyone else has nothing when they reach paradise. So they are not afraid of death. I am not afraid because I know that my new life is life will be an easy one in paradise death. Um, so that was another thing is a lot of his notes just came off very, I guess for lack of a better word, delusional. Yeah, that's pretty eerie, too, to, like, hear that. Yeah, and, like, read it. Like, imagine, mm-hmm. like, yeah, exactly. getting that as a letter, and it's, you don't know who it is. It's just no, someone exactly. that, like, as a, po- like, a police officer of, like, receiving that and having that same person, like, call you and all of this stuff, and you know that they're the ones that committed the murder, and you literally can't catch them. Yeah. I've had to, like, not get caught. Because, obviously, there's been other serial killers um, around that time period, like Son of Sam, I mean, was like 10 years later, not a whole, like, that's not really that long after in terms of like technology and stuff. Like they didn't yeah. have the same technology. They still caught him kind of thing. Um, but his cases, the first one started in uh, December of 1968. Um, the victims were... David Faraday, he was 17, and Betty Jensen, she was 16. Um, and a lot of, all of his confirmed people, like, confirmed murders um, were three couples and then a, like, standalone guy. Um, so the victims were um, on this place in, it's called uh, Lover's Lane on, I get it's called Lake Herman Road. Um, their bodies were discovered by, um, a passerby. Um, they basically were, and they were high school students. A lot of them were like in their cars, like making out whatever the case is. Um, they were like, it is understood that he was trying to get them to exit the car. So he shot them. Um, Faraday, unfortunately was shot. Um, in the head at point blank range and Jensen from what they see had had exited the car and tried to run away um, but she was shot in the back uh, multiple times so they don't think that there is any um, like they don't think that there was any connection to it that he was like gunning down couples or attacking couples it's just like I think that's just how it it just kind of played out. Kind That's of like just that. kind of how it played out. Okay. But from what he didn't put in any of the notes, like, He's you know. specifically attacking I, couples. Yeah, like, I'm targeting young couples, like, making out, or I'm targeting whatever. Like, it was mostly just, like, random. It just kind of was, like, a coincidence, I think. Yeah. Um, the next one didn't happen for a couple months. Um, and this was another younger couple. Um, Michael Mago, I believe is how you pronounce his last name, and Darlene Farron. Um, they were parked in uh, Farron's car on midnight of the 5th of July. Um, a car pulled up next to him and then immediately left. So they thought nothing of it, but the car returned about 10 minutes later and parked behind him. Um, when they found the car, it 
looked like like the ignition was on it looked like she was trying to like leave because the zodiac killer we don't know at i mean it's speculation that they found him but um that they saw him approaching their vehicle so they tried driving away um but he came towards them with like a flashlight and a gun to i i'm assuming blind them or kind of at least like distract them long enough um but both of them were hit um and like he left for his car but he heard that the boy was still um alive like he was still making noises and like groaning um but he ended up surviving and unfortunately Farron died um as soon as she got to the hospital so he survived and he was able to give them the same description that they had been working with which is 5'8 to 5'10 um kind of a stocky build white light brown curly hair um and about in his 20s 30s that was and after that incident was when they got a call from a payphone from him saying that he was he was responsible for it detailed the millimeter that they used for it and um when they showed up to the like the crime scene he was no longer there yeah um after that though they did suspect that it was another gentleman named arthur lee allen because when uh, mago mago magu um when he showed up to like identify that's who he picked but a lot of i think i at the time it's been said that like they kind of just wanted to get a killer so they were like oh it has to be him but since then there have been like ways that people are kind of like that's like discrediting it like that it couldn't have been him and imagine like what it would look like too if they like just wanted to catch someone and they caught him and then a couple like months later you know like murder pops up again and it's yeah like, because then at that okay. point i know like some murderers have like a like a copycat killer yeah um so at that point i feel like you don't know if it's a copycat or if it's an actual murder the next set of victims are brian hartnell and cecilia shepherd also a young couple they were picnicking on lake berryessa when um a man approached them with a gun um he had on like a black hood sunglasses and a bib with like a cross hair symbol on it which became kind of a like an iconic picture for him at least yeah i've definitely seen that yeah that's like the most iconic picture i've seen of like like when you think of zodiac killer you're like that you think of that and like the letter like stuff like that yeah like the decoded or not the decoded but like the coded letters and then you think of like the mass with that crosshair symbol on exactly there, the yeah. yeah yeah and like he told them that he was a prisoner that had just escaped he needed money um and i feel like back then a lot of people were more willing to help strangers um yeah. a lot of people just left their doors open like unlocked yeah at night, a lo- you know? because and a lot of people like even our parents age like they would say all the time like they would just like leave their they knew all their neighbors they would yeah. just leave their door unlocked like it wouldn't be a big deal couldn't catch me doing that now oh yeah absolutely not with how the world is right now there's actually no way (laughs) but he told Shepard to tie hartnell up 
and he unfortunately ended up stabbing them both. They were both still alive when help eventually arrived and found them and were taken to the hospital. Um, Hartnell survived, but unfortunately Shepard died two, late, two days later from, you know, intense bleeding and her injuries like were very extensive. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but they did receive a call that night saying they reported the incident and claimed to be the Zodiac killer saying that they wanted to report a murder. No, a double murder. Uh, the payphone the call was made from was not very far from the crime scene and the palm print that was on the telephone hasn't really been matched. Um, but the shoe marks were also the wing walkers, the same military grade boots, yeah. size 10 and a half as they had been. They def- like they connected that to the other two murders. The seventh murder was um, a gentleman named Paul Stein. All of these people, I mean, mo- like the first couple were all between the ages of like 19 and like 22. Yeah, fairly young. Very young, or 16 and 22. Like high school. Okay. This guy, I mean, he's was he's still 29. Like he's definitely not um, old, but old but i mean older than, than the, the, the other <laughs> victims he was a cab driver who was you know hailed down by somebody at a crossroad he ended up being shot in the back of the head by the passenger and his keys and wallets were taken and a portion of his shirt was torn off but they aren't really clear as to why they don't know if it was like a like a sh- struggle like what like he ripped his shirt in the process um or like him trying to grab his wallet or whatever the case is the officers like responded that responded to the call they saw a um white man on the sidewalk he described him like being like 35 45 510 so kind of a little bit older than what other people have been saying, but the teenagers that were witnessing it or witnessed it estimated him to be between like the 25 to 30 age, like the, the same as all of the um, witnesses had been describing. But they they described him as being like, you know, wearing the heavy rim glasses, stocky build, red brown hair, curly hair, dark clothing. Um, the officers ended up overlooking the guy that they originally saw that was going away because they were alerted to look for a darker complexioned suspect. So it's most likely they um, connected it to that it was the Zodiac killer also yeah, um, because. They had him and- he did send a follow-up letter to the San Francisco Chronicle in 1969 saying, like, he was responsible for the murder and he threatened to kill uh, children on a school bus. And with this letter, he sent the torn-off portion of the bloody oh. shirt as proof. Um, so it was kind of, at that point, though, like, again, he... That, those were the only ones that are confirmed that they were him. I mean, they saw him at the scene. They saw him... Um, but again like they weren't super like they didn't really know much about like his 
they didn't really know much about his motive. Yeah. Um, just because it's none of the victims were like s- sexually assaulted. None of them. Mo- I mean, besides like one of them got robbed, but like okay, the other like the teenagers weren't robbed or anything. Like it was they just kind of out of you know just. Bad it was place, just kind of, time kind of thing. yeah. It wasn't like they were targeted. He wasn't like stalking them or anything. Um, the first cipher that he sent, like to the newspaper, um, it was called the four hundred eight cipher because it was composed of the four hundred and eight symbols. But it was sent in three parts to three newspapers, which were the San Francisco Examiner the San Francisco Chronicle, and the Vallejo Times. Okay, yeah, yeah, um, But basically, the Zodiac demanded that, like, they be published, and that if he did it, like, if they didn't publish this, they were going to go on a killing rampage, basically. But the letter that he sent to the San Francisco Chronicle um, was different versus the um, other ones that stated his, like, identity. But it was the one I read earlier um, that had, like, the, basically him saying that he's not going to give him his name because he's going to collect these slaves for the afterlife. Mm -hmm. But nobody really, again, knows if he was just, like, if this was like yes, it was like a game to him, but like if he was just like out of his mind, like if it was like a mental health issue that maybe wasn't addressed how he needed it to, and it kind of spiraled. The newest cipher that he sent after that was the three forty cipher, but that one wasn't decoded until like two years ago. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. That's the one that, like, I'm not afraid of the gas chamber. It'll send me to paradise sooner. Yeah. That one literally just got. So, really, a lot of this stuff for this case, like, especially with who they think did it and that kind of stuff, a lot of it is stuff that we are just now finding out within the last couple of years. Yeah, so it's still kind of, like, ongoing. And... Yeah, okay. because for a while, he was, like, one of, obviously, the most notorious. Yeah serial killers because on like on top of obviously his murders being gruesome they also no one knew who it was no one could be sure that they knew who it was but he did send another letter to the he mostly sent them yes to the police station but a lot of it was to news outlets news outlets because he wanted to be famous. Okay. But he didn't want to be caught because obviously he knew when he got caught it would be over. But he did send another one that said, this is the Zodiac speaking. By the way, have you cracked the last cipher I sent you? My name is... And then he put the symbols at the bottom of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was one thing, though, that they weren't sure if it was um, Gary Francis Post just because that together isn't 13 letters. It's a little bit more than that, but they also don't know they don't really, like they don't again, I mean he like he has already passed, like there's really no following up for it. But 
like the they had a couple other people that they thought also was it like how i mentioned arthur lee allen earlier um he was also like dishonorably discharged from the navy and then he was fired he had sexual misconduct allegations so he was fired from his position as a like as a teacher so he was seen near the site of another attack that of um sherry joe bates that they're not really sure if she is still a like if she is a suspect of the zodiac killing but like the fingerprints and stuff from that don't match him and a lot of like his handwriting samples don't match him okay um so there's that was a lot of it is that a lot of his hand a lot of his notes were handwritten anyway he died in um the early 90s so um there's been a couple of other people in between but Gary Francis Post is the most recent um, suspect, but again, I mean, he passed in 2018, so, but he was jailed for domestic abuse in 2016 when he broke his wife's pelvic bone. So if he didn't do that, he probably would have been, like, kind of off the hook? Like, are you saying that he got, uh, like, famous, or he got, like, he was a person of interest because of that incident? No, I mean, he was a person of interest for the other things of, like, you know, the similar scars, the finding the photos, that kind of stuff. But, like, it doesn't help his case if he didn't do it, that he has a violent past. Yeah. Not only with his wife, um, but also with, like, family members that, again, don't speak to him because they're kind of afraid of him. And I just feel like if your family is willing to turn over, like, your weapons and stuff to the police because you think that there's something like weird i feel like that is a very strong suggestion suggestion that that he Mm -hmm. possibly could have done it that is pretty much the story as far as they have it right now um because again the people that they would be accusing obviously it happened 50 years ago they there's not a ton of evidence and stuff they can go off of it's kind of just speculation i do know that there was like a movie on the subject did you watch the movie yeah i've seen it i think when it came out it's the one with jake gyllenhaal i believe was he this like i think he was the main like detective trying to figure out like who the uh the zodiac killer was and I know that while it is a movie, like it might have been, uh, you know, dr- dramatized a little bit. Yeah. And while like some things might have been like inaccurate and everything, I think for like movies like that, they're pretty true to their nature and like what actually happened. Like obviously, you can't get everything correct just because you know the information you have, the time of day, like all that kind of stuff. Um, but I remember watching it, and did they show like? the zodiac killer or did it was kind of like just like mostly focused on like do you think first of all i guess that it aligns with how the story actually portrayed and also like did they ever show who the killer was or was it always just like a masked figure as they see it like in real life so it was crazy because in the movie i i would say what you said really lines up with the movie and like the events that happened and everything um i will say there was one scene and i don't know how true this is probably just for the movie just to add some you know 
interest and excitement into it. But I know there's a portion where Jake Gyllenhaal's character, the main detective, went to this one guy's house to, um, I guess, talk to him because he was a person of interest. And when he went in, some things happened. I can't really remember the details, but he went in and the the guy in the house tried to I – I don't think really did anything. He might have – kind of gave him a little bit of a struggle but really it made Jake Gyllenhaal's character kind of no, like suspect that it was him because of like he locked the door when he came back in and he had some uh he had some equipment that might have been used in like a murder you know yeah or he might he you know he was just off with all his like every time Jake Gyllenhaal's character would ask a question the guy in that was maybe portraying the Zodiac Killer would, you know, come back with like a snarky answer or a uh, kind of suspicious answer to make it seem like it was like it was him. Yeah. But without explicitly saying it. Um, like I said, I haven't seen the movie in a while, so this could be totally wrong. But from what I remember, that's how it kind of went. And but I think in the majority, like the general aspect, everything was pretty. Um, clear cut everything was pretty like how you described it you know i think that that's what a lot of movies try to do with that like kind of focus on um serial killers or anything like that i know the ted bundy movie with zach efron it was like shocking extremely shockingly vile or evil yeah a lot of people had a problem with that because it was a little kind of a lot of the stuff might have been like dramatized a little bit, but yeah. but and at like, the core of it, it was pretty real, pretty uh, like it's the same almost. Yeah. Oh, ex- extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile. Yeah, that's. Amazing. Um, I feel like it. Personally, I like some movies. I don't think need a dr- like a dramatization of it just because it's like what happened was. Pretty, pretty dramatic yeah. and traumatic but i do prefer movies that kind of tell it kind of like this like the ted bundy doc or like the zodiac movie that they kind of tell it as a story because i feel like you are better able you're not as detached from like the victims like you're not as detached of just seeing like a picture and a narrator it's more exactly. so of like you can kind of better understand like what happened and, like, the tragedy, I guess, that ensued. Yeah, and even you can see, because in the the Zodiac movie, you could see the frustration with Jake Gyllenhaal's character as the detective and the whole police department with how you described earlier where it's, like, they have the guy right here. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing from that was when the two police officers, when they called on the, pay, the payphone, and the police officers went to the payphone or, like, went to go check out the crime scene and they passed right by um what is believed to be the zodiac killer because yeah. i believe he sent in a letter saying like oh if your cops weren't that like quote unquote like that stupid or something yeah they, they would have seen me they would have seen me i think that is like i i know for me if i was in that situation i'd be kicking myself because of how like how it's almost as if it's like it's so out in the open obvious that it's not obvious at all because yeah. again like 
And I'm sure, obviously, there was a bunch of people at the time that were like, oh my god, I can't believe, like, you let him get away again. But also, like, they are just going off of descriptions. It's not like it's somebody that is like a... Someone that they captured and, like, escaped. They know what he looks like. Like how Ted Bundy, like, jumped out, like, the window or whatever. Oh, yeah, the courtroom building or something? Yeah, Yeah. and, like, just kind of left and, like, ran away. And, like... Obviously, it took someone pulling him over to, under, like, to kind of recognize who it was. Mm-hmm. But, like, because they knew what he looked like, it was a very famous case. But with the Zodiac Killer, they didn't know what he looked like. It was kind of just guessing. So it's like, I, like, I don't, I would, I know that, like, me, I would be frustrated that I don't have him. But also, like, there really wasn't, especially at that time, there really wasn't much to go off of either yeah i guess we also have to put that into like perspective like you know back in the 60s it was kind of like what can you like obviously like the technology was decent in the 60s but not to today's standards and not what we have today where something like this couldn't probably happen yeah um i i think another thing that kind of gets me is how i believe the last murders where he made the woman tie up the guy on the tree and stabbed them I believe he did that in, like, the daytime, you know, like... Craziest part about it, like, to just do something in broad daylight and be able to get away with it. You know, when you think of most stuff like that, you just kind of do it at night. Just for, you know, just to cover yourself. But the fact that he was able to do it in, like, the middle of the day was kind of just... Jarring. Jarring, baffling, if you will. Um, But yeah, so I think that's going to wrap it up. Thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure you follow us on all our social medias on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram under Booze and Bays. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye.